Hi, and welcome to Procedure Ready OBGYN, a podcast aimed at helping you excel during your clinical clerkship in OBGYN. My name is Dr. Jennifer Dory. I'm an assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine and former resident at Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. I'm the founder of Procedure Ready, a collection of resources aimed to advance your clinical medical education. Let's get started. All right, so let's talk about something you guys are going to see a whole lot in the outpatient clinic, which is return OB visits. So people who are pregnant, who are currently followed by the clinic, and are just coming in for their routine checkups. So for the first, um, in the first two trimesters, we are going to see prenatal patients about every four weeks, more often if they have issues or complications. Um But we'll have them come back roughly every four weeks. And then in the third trimester, we're going to start seeing them more and more frequently um, just to monitor their blood pressure and things more closely. But let's start from the beginning. So we already talked about the first prenatal visit in a separate podcast. Um, We do a lot of counseling in that um, first prenatal visit and trying to set ourselves up for the other visits to go smoothly and have clear expectations. So at each of the next visits, so let's say the patient comes back at like their 16-week visit, we're going to take that opportunity to review all of their prenatal prenatal labs, um, all of the things we ordered in our first prenatal visit. So that's going to be our type and screen, usually a CBC to check for anemia, um, infectious labs, including HIV, hepatitis B, antigen, hepatitis C, if they have any risk factors or if they may want to take their placenta home. Um, RPR for syphilis, or if you guys, um, some of the outpatient labs uh, use the acid fast bacilli test. We do also an RPR, and then we check for their immunity status for rubella and varicella. And the other thing we do is we collect a urine sample, and we check for um, and we do a urine culture to check for asymptomatic bacteria. Um, even if she doesn't have symptoms, pregnancy is one of the very few situations in which we would treat asymptomatic bacteria, uh, just because they have a much higher risk of progressing into pyelonephritis um, and systemic infections because pregnancy is essentially an immunocompromised state. Um, so we're going to review the results of all their labs. Hopefully they were already collected somewhere between the first appointment and the second one. But if not, remind them to get their labs drawn. Um, and then review any other results we have back. So if we've ordered a formal ultrasound for dating, um, if they already got some of their screening tests completed, go over those things with them. Uh, then they're going to come back sometime around 20 weeks, somewhere between 18 and 20 weeks. They're also going to get their anatomy ultrasound as an outpatient. Uh, so you can review the anatomy ultrasound results, make, uh, just kind of go over things. If there's anything concerning or any abnormal findings, just make sure go through and explain them and then, um, discuss any follow-up that might be needed. Also, starting around 20 weeks, uh, anytime you see them in the office, you're going to be doing a couple of things. You're going to be, one, checking their um, the height of the fundus, so the, the tallest part of the uterus, and you're going to see how far away is it from the pubic bone. So right around 20 weeks, it should be around their umbilicus uh, or where their anatomically their umbilicus should be, depending on panis and other things. Um, but after that, you're going to begin measuring with a tape measure, and you're going to measure from their um, pubic symphysis up to the top of the fundus. And roughly that height, that length, and you'll measure with these little paper or plastic tape measures, um, should correlate with the number of weeks they are in centimeters. Um so you're going to measure that every week. You're going to listen to the baby's heart beat with uh, what we call dop tones or just a little um, portable ultrasound that um, produces an audible sound. Um, and you're uh, just going to listen to mom's heart and lungs do a basic exam. Um, 
and review the four things. So at every prenatal visit, we're going to ask them these four things. We're going to ask them, are they having any vaginal bleeding? Are they having any leaking of fluid like they could have broken their water? Any contractions? And are they feeling baby move? So somewhere, um, depending if it's a first-time mom or a repeat mom, um, they'll start to feel fetal movement somewhere around 18 to 22 weeks, um, depending on sort of how um, attuned they are to what the early fetal movements feel like. A lot of moms describe them as a weird butterfly feeling when the with a very young fetus, um, and so easier to pick up on the second and third time around. All right. So 20 weeks, we're reviewing that anatomy ultrasound. At 24 weeks, we're going to order what's called a glucola or a one-hour um, glucose challenge test. This um, moms don't have to fast for, but ideally they go go in the morning, drink this glucola. Um, it's a 50 gram load. An hour later, we check their blood sugar. Their blood sugar is high and the screening cutoff is different in different parts of the country depending on the prevalence of gestational diabetes. Um it, the safe cutoff is over 140 is definitely considered abnormal. Other places will have a lower threshold, 130 or 135. Um, but if it's elevated compared to your um, institution's cutoff, they're going to have to get a diagnostic test. So that, t- that glucola is the screening test. And then a diagnostic test for ge- gestational diabetes is a three-hour um, a GTT, a glucose tolerance test, to see how well they do with glucose over a long period of time when they come in fasting. This is changing. Um, there are currently studies ongoing to look at replacing that um, one-hour screening and three-hour diagnostic test with a single two-hour test. Um, so expect changes in the near future, but I think most most institutions are going to have these, these two tests around for at least a couple more years. All right. So at the same time you're ordering your glucola, you should do a CBC. We want to check their blood count again. Most women are going to get anemic um, during their pregnancy. And it's also good to have another lab value to check in to make check on things like their platelets for like gestational thrombocytopenia and things like that. Um, at uh, 24 weeks, the other thing I do is I talk about normal growing pains. At this point, their uterus is out of their pelvis considerably. And they're much more likely to experience things like round ligament pain. Round ligaments attach the uterus um, to the pelvic sidewall and then come down through the inguinal canal. And uh, they can be really painful as the uterus grows and then it flops side to side within the abdomen. People will roll over in the middle of the night and get woken up by the sharp pulling, stabbing pain that they describe, which is their round ligament being you know, pulled way over to the other side as their uterus is rising out of the pelvis, stretching it and then pulling it as the weight of the fetus is pulling it side to side. So I usually explain um, those types of things. The uh, round ligament pain can get worse with each subsequent pregnancy. So I reassure moms um, that it'll happen, you know, if it's persistent, if it's um, acutely changing and not going away, if they have any other symptoms, they can always call usually the labor floor or um, just come in and get evaluated. But explaining the normal things can help prevent moms from getting really anxious and and, and unnecessary visits to um, labor and delivery triage and things. All right. So at 28 weeks, we're doing injection. So 28 weeks is the Tdap. And Rogam, if indicated, so anybody who's Rh negative will need to get Rogam. And then 28 weeks is also when we start discussing kick counts. Um, so kick counts are a way if mom feels like baby's not moving as much, tell them to drink a glass of water, drink a glass of juice, and then sit and rest both hands on the belly and count the number of movements they feel. Within two hours, they should count at least 10 movements. Uh, if after two hours they haven't counted at least 10 individual movements, then they should uh, call us or come in to be evaluated. 
Um, all right, so that's 28 weeks, 32 weeks. Uh, there's not a whole lot that we need to do in terms of their medical care or testing. So this is where I take a break. We talk about birth control plans for postpartum. If they're planning to get a tubal ligation, we want to sign the papers ahead of time. Um, had that done and decided. And then if they've had a prior cesarean section or a myomectomy, uh, any incision on the uterus, then we discuss uh, mode of delivery if they want to try a um, trial of labor or if they want a repeat C-section. At 36 weeks, we're doing group B strep screening. So anybody who's colonized with group B strep receives antibiotics in labor to protect the baby from being colonized with the group B strep. Um, and so we take that swab at 34 weeks and then we discuss birth expectations in terms of do they, are they going to come in with a birth plan? Do they um, Are they planning for an early epidural? Do they have any requests or things? And then just making sure that, that any requests or plans they have are logistically feasible and reasonably safe for them and the baby, explaining any reasons why um, the institution may or may not support certain re- um, requests that they may have. And then also at 36 weeks, we do a, um, an ultrasound usually or a Leopold maneuver to determine the fetal position, make sure the baby is head down. Um, if it's not head down, that gives us a little bit of time to discuss if we're going to just deliver the baby breech via C-section or if we're going to try to get the baby to turn with something called an external cephalic version. Um, and then somewhere between 38 and 40 weeks, depending on if the patient is normal and healthy and going to deliver um, at, like at their due date or later, or if they have a reason to be induced earlier, we begin doing um, a cervical exam to determine their cervical dilation. And then about a week before their um, their date of induction or due date, um, we can begin what's called sweeping their membranes. Um, some people believe in this, some people do not, so institution-specific. But um, it's essentially where we check their cervix and then attempt to, s- to separate the um, cervical tissue and from the um, – end- not the endometrium, the uh, – <laughs> amniotic um, sac. The separation of these two things can release some prostaglandins. Um, The stretching of the cervix and the checking of the cervix can also help release some prostaglandins, which can help um, create small contractions, cervical ripening, and can lead to labor. Um, Not everybody believes in this. And then some people, uh, there's not great data to say whether or not if somebody is GBS positive, could this theoretically be seeding some of that group B strep from their lower genital tract up into the uterus and increase the risk of choreo. There's been no data to demonstrate that it does, but that it is a theoretical risk that some people will bring up. And so a reason that some people will not do the sweeping of the membranes. All right. So that is all the big stuff for your return OB visit. So at every OB visit, you're going to be listening to the baby's heart rate with adaptones. You're going to be measuring the fetal um, or the fundal height, and you're going to be checking vitals to check for things like um, gestational hypertension or um, preeclampsia, things like that. Um, and then at week 20, we're going to get and review an anatomy ultrasound. 24, we're going to do a glucola and a CBC and discuss the normal growing pains. 28 weeks, we're going to do Tdap and Rogam if needed and discuss the kit counts. 32 weeks, birth control, tubal papers if needed, discuss TOLAC if needed. 36 weeks, group B strep birth expectations, ultrasound, or examine for position. And then 38 to 40 is when we're doing um, the cervical exams, digital cervical exam, and then plus minus sweeping of the membranes. All right. Have fun in clinic. I hope that's helpful. Let me know if you guys have any questions. Thanks for listening to Procedure Ready OBGYN. Hope you found today's podcast helpful. Don't forget to subscribe below, rate the podcast, and leave me a review. Your reviews seriously make my day every time. 
Have you done your pediatrics rotation yet? We just launched a new Clerkship Ready pediatrics podcast to help. We're always looking for new collaborators. If you know a phenomenal medical educator who should make a Procedure Ready or Clerkship Ready podcast for their specialty, pass along their information and we'll see if they want to collaborate. Finally, check us out at ProcedureReady.com for more helpful resources like our flashcard deck and our YouTube playlist.